my dishwasher said it had 10 minutes left upstairs, which I think means it's just drying now. But if there's some like huge noise, that's probably that I was wrong. Uh, my dishwasher goes like, it's really annoying. Like it, when it finishes, <laughs> like sandstorm. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounded like. What a song. <laughs> Howdy, it's Monday, December 19th, 2022, and this is episode 191 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Didn't we just do this? <laughs> it was, like, what, five days ago? <laughs> yeah, I think it was five days ago that we were last yeah. recorded, so so tight turnaround. What's the, the fastest turnaround we've done? Six between posting episodes. Uh-huh. So if you get this up tomorrow, uh, no, you if you get it up Wednesday, it'll be six between posting? Yeah, that, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you, it has to be up by like Thursday, right? Because you're, you're leaving? I'm leaving Friday, so I have mm-hmm. until Friday to post it. And it'll probably go up Friday, which will mean that there will be four days of news. Uncovered news. Yes, and I'm sure all of the news is coming out right now. Yeah, From December 19th to December 23rd, Atlantic City's most bustling time of the year for big announcements, new things coming soon, and they will not be in the podcast and we can't yeah. talk about them in 2023 like once it, the nope. calendar turns over yeah it's all 2023 all the time we don't we're not a podcast that dwells on the past we have not been doing that for the last 20 minutes <laughs> literally before yeah. the show started speaking of dwelling on the past <laughs> 1891 <laughs> the city began licensing rolling chairs on the boardwalk that is not to say that rolling chairs had not been on the boardwalk previously our friends the Atlantic City Free Public Library tell us that the chairs actually first appeared in the 1880s, but they weren't technically legal. They were only allowed for handicapped people. The Free Public Library says, and I quote, some individuals pretended to need the chairs. Could you imagine? No, that's unbelievable. City authorities made no objection to this, and the practice grew. It says there was one company, I think in 1884, one store that started renting out the chairs, and then the innovator was... William Heyday, and you may recognize the name from Heyday Coffee Company, whose logo is a pushcart, and I never put these two things together until right now. William Heyday owned a hardware store near the boardwalk, and he rented out the chairs, but he also gave you a person to push you around. In 1887, so none of that is 1891, what happened in 1891 is the city started licensing them. For $10, you could get your pushcart licensed. So basically nothing happened in 1891 is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And in 1791, Jeremiah Leeds probably chilling. With 10 kids. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in 1991, we've already in past episodes talked about the state allowing casinos to be open 24 hours a day, which, by the way, it's crazy to me that for 14 years or whatever before that, they didn't. But that's fine. And we also talked about Trump Taj Mahal's bankruptcy. But... We have something else to talk about, and that was The Battle of the Ages, Evander Holyfield and George Foreman, on April 19th, 1991, at Convention Hall, though it's being billed as at Trump Plaza, which I believe you mentioned last time, that things going down at Convention Hall were just billed all the time as being at Trump Plaza. Yes. 
So the bout was for the uncontested heavyweight championship, which was held by Holyfield going into the fight. Uh, George Foreman, this is his comeback. So he was 42 and crazy enough, like three or four years before he actually won the heavyweight championship again. Uh, Holyfield was 28. Holyfield won by unanimous decision, though I I read and then watched uh, round seven, I think, was considered the round of the year that year in 1991. The fight brought in 55 million on pay-per-view, which at that point was the highest grossing fight ever. I like some boxing, so. Yeah, the whole fight is on YouTube. Yeah. You can watch the entire thing. You can see how much Atlantic City is there. I just watched round seven, so. 42-year-old George Foreman. He had had retired for like 10 years. He retired for 10 years, yeah. And then... At what forty five? I think. Yeah, forty six. I think he won. He won that title. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Imagine just getting punched in the face repeatedly at forty six years old. And it, let me tell you, George Foreman never had good defense, and his defense was even worse when he came back. So he was getting punched in the face a lot. Yeah, but the but man could punch it. extremely hard. So, <laughs> uh, I should go watch that whole fight tonight after we hang up here. Yeah. So that's the history. What about the future? Going into 2023, we've already wrapped up 2022, as we said. Yes, it's all done. We've talked about music festivals. Uh-huh. We now have the lineup for the most recent one that's been announced, which is the Tidal Wave Festival. And I think I'm by far the most qualified to talk about this, so I'll just take over for you. I know so. you love your country music. Tell us all about the bands. Yes. Uh, Tidal Wave is August 11th to 13th, 2023, on the beach. The headliners are Thomas Rhett, Jason Aldean, and Brooks and Dunn, and I've heard of two of those bands. So nice. That shows you that you're huge. Yeah, two of those three. I mean, that's a lot for you. <laughs> that is a lot. And it also has uh, the likes of Cole Swindell, Jody Messina, and a bunch of other people going to it. So what are your thoughts? Are you going? I certainly have no interest. I do think, you know, some nice pop country music that's enjoyable, out by the pool, drinking a Modelo. But I don't know the names of any of the bands. Like, I'll hear them in passing. Uh, I've been to Jason Aldean's bar in Nashville. That's about it. This has nothing to do with country music, so sorry if you really want, like, in-depth do for a win thoughts on Tidal Wave. We are not qualified for that discussion. No, so. <laughs> absolutely not. I noticed when I was driving my wife's car the other day, uh, so it's like not hooked up to my phone, so I don't listen to podcasts on it, which is what I do 100% of the time in my car, that, you know, when I listen to the rock station, the local rock stations, like, I still recognize like 95% of the songs they play. Is there just like no new rock music? Is everything like pop? Or am like, am I listening to like the boomer rock stations now and there's just new rock stations that I don't know about? No, I think that... I assume that there just is, like, no more rock these days. Well, I mean, we talked about this a little bit with the festivals, the other festivals that are coming, and how they all have, you know, like, Limp Biscuit and Blink-182 and stuff that's all mm-hmm. from, from forever ago. And then bands that are rock bands now, like Paramore and mm-hmm. Fallout Boy and, I guess, I mean, Panic at Those the Disco. Those are from, like, 20 on... years ago. But they're still making new music now. Okay. Those are played on pop stations. Those aren't played on rock stations. But why? I don't think there's any demand for, like, new, like, rock, rock. And the people who listen to things like 98 Rock and DC 101. Which are the two I listen to. It's still a thing. No, it is. They're both. They're just playing music from 1998 still. Right. Because people like you grew up with that music and you don't want any new music. Like, the the latest you will go is Audio Slave. And I don't want to hear anything made after Audio Slave. (laughs) It is a lot of 1990 to 2008 or something, uh, it must be said. Is there a lot of good butt rock on there? You get some Buck Cherry and, like, 
Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, you'll get... Uh, no, I don't think Nickelback. I don't think they can play that because they have a reputation. But yeah, you'll get some Buckcherry every once in a while or whatever. That's like, you know, what? 2000, 2006. Yeah. But that's like as new as it gets, and I was just confused. So thank you for clearing that up for me. Those bands, though, sell out massive stadiums still. Here's the thing, like... I would like to listen to like new rock music. I just don't need all the pop or whatever. So there's no there's no vehicle for me to get that into my system on terrestrial radios. What you're telling me? No, because it's all gone pop. So even even like the new rock is like pop rock. That's kind of what I thought. It seems like pop has sort of taken over the world. There's like maybe pop rock, pop country, like pop. Yeah. Oh yeah, country's but very like, pop. That's it, right? Is that all of the genres of music? Yeah, everything's combining toward pop. I mean, that was a complaint I heard like ten years ago, and I think it's even more true now. Mm-hmm. But like, if you think about Paramore, like Paramore's first albums were like really hard, not that hard. Yeah, they were rock, <laughs> but they were like real rock. And now, yeah, like, yeah. it's just pop. Like, it's very pop. And you know, you've got all these bands like Walk the Moon and Bleachers and stuff like that that are popular that are just pop rock, like like the 1975. Like, those are just pop rock. Bands. So you're telling me if I want to hear new rock, I have to listen to like Hot 99.5. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or just make a radio station on spotify no, I, don't, I don't i don't have that <laughs> no, i don't have that in the car please. so yeah uh, but it's not going to sound like the rock that you're thinking of though unless it's made by a band from 1995 i don't think i'm i'm quite as close-minded as you think i am so it doesn't have to sound exactly the same but like whatever the new like you know version of this is i'd like to hear the new version of Rock, in general. Of, like, the Black Crows, as we heard last episode. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's probably, like, Greta Van Fleet, but I don't like them. Don't know who that is. Never heard of this person. It's just, like, Led Zeppelin uh, imitators. I mean, Led Zeppelin's good, so it's true. (laughs) That's a lot of of rock talk. Deep dive. I'm sure I'm wrong about something. Somebody can come and just tell me how I don't know my genres at all, and that's fine. I'm I'm just curious. Like like I said, on the radio stations I listen to, it's like I recognize 98% of the songs, and I take that as like a bad sign for the health of the genre. I think that's correct. the correct take. It is a okay. bad sign for the health of the genre. All right. Anyway, go ahead. I know you, you have thoughts on Spiegel World, so I will let you do this after I took Tidal Wave, of course. Okay, so we mentioned this last episode. The thing that I said I'm the most excited about for 2023 is... The Spiegel World Show coming to the new theater in the old Coyote Kate slot parlor space at the Wild Wild West. As we said, it's named The Hook. It's opening June 30th, 2023. You can find more about it at SpiegelWorld.com. From the press release, because you know I love to read from a press release, The Hook venue will feature a world premiere live show with an international cast in a purpose-built 400-seat theater. So not a real big theater. A second home for Spiegel World's critically acclaimed Italian-American psychedelic Super Frico restaurant and a myriad of discoverable bars with an elevated cocktail program curated by award-winning mixologists. They're speaking my language here. Discoverable bars, cocktails. I went to the website while you're talking, and it is... First, it's, like, pretty crazy, like, seeing whatever these acts are mixed in with just random pictures of Atlantic City. But, uh, seems interesting. I mean, it seems like I'd be maybe slightly more interested in it than I thought I would be. But it it just seems like the generic kind of, like, vaudeville-style, like, Atlantic City show. Sort of like burlesque at Borgata. That's what it it reminds me of. But, like, really over the top, I think. So, like, Mm. absinthe, the acts are, you know, you get acrobatics, you get... Mm -hmm guys 
doing crazy contortions where they're like stacking up each other in feats of strength that you can't even imagine are possible. Mm -hmm. I think the axe and absinthe change a decent amount because, you know, they rotate through the various things. It's also very raunchy. And I think everything Spiegel World is very raunchy, so I expect there will be a good dose of that. Like, even more than a typical burlesque show, where it's sort mm. of very, like, nudge-nudge. Like, no, this is, like, right in your face. Yeah, the burlesque at Borgato is, like, fairly PG-13, I think. I mean, like, you know, like, is PG-13 is something with girls wearing tassels could be, I guess. Yeah, no, there's, a, there's one scene that I think is in every absinthe that's, like, sort of a comedy sketch that is extremely nc-17 and i think there are other shows in vegas go even further than that (laughs) with like some gross out stuff that i don't think i necessarily want to see so hopefully they don't go that direction i mean i'm assuming this is their first show in atlantic city if anything they're going to dial it back i would assume yeah they would want it to be as enticing for as wide an audience as possible or whatever they're doing shows all year round they say they're going to be wednesday through sunday 7 and 9 p.m two shows a night Tickets are already on sale now. They start at 68 bucks. That's I, I, I want to buy my tickets for June right now, shortly. June 30th, yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to go. I think it'll be really cool. I like the whole concept that they're talking about with multiple bars and everything. It just seems so, so different for Atlantic City. The restaurant, Super Frico, as I said, Italian-American psychedelic. It has a location at the Cosmo. They have entertainers. One Yelper described it as... People walking through dressed like Halloween. Very critical review. (laughs) Bogan in our Facebook group said that he is not sure how this will go over in New Jersey, where they are probably very particular, I would say, about Italian cuisine, because in Vegas it gets very mixed reviews for that. Right. And it's obviously New Jersey. Yes. So (laughs) I think it's really going for something totally different, and I'm... I'm a little nervous about it. I'm a little nervous that the whole concept is not going to go over amazing, not because of any, like, doing something particularly wrong, but just because it's so, so different. But, like, 400-person theater is not a huge theater. You you say it's not a huge theater, but for running two shows a night, every night, forever, even in the (laughs) off-season, like, it sounds pretty big to me. Yeah, I mean, they're running 10 shows a week, so 4,000 tickets tickets a week. They're not going to sell 4,000 tickets in, in November or whatever. Yeah, hopefully they don't expect to and have yeah, accounted I mean, for that. You know, I'm it, sure the comps will be generous for it in the off season, as, as just like at Burlesque, where I think it's impossible to go and not get comped. Yeah, I mean, I'm just guessing. I, I have no idea how this whole bar thing is going to work out with multiple bars. So the one in Cosmo, there's like a hidden ski lodge that you can go into that's like a speakeasy. And so it seems like they're going to do even more of that in AC. Which seems cool. It's just, you know, my, my concern is like, is there the audience to support this? I can't imagine that more than like one of them is open in the off season. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. But I'm I'm super excited. It's a good about sign. It. It's a, this is a great sign for for the city that that someone's willing to try this and that you know, like presumably Spiegel World and Caesars like know what they're doing. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, I I really admire Caesars and Spiegel World for having the balls to do this mm-hmm. and to just go all out when you know there is no proven track record yeah. of these sort of long-term performances in Atlantic City. And this feels like if they came to me and were like, what do you want in Atlantic City for like show and entertainment and bars? This is it exactly sounds it. sounds like this is it. And so I'm really excited about it. Obviously, the execution can be very different. But yeah, it sounds awesome to me. So I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to go and see it and 
hopefully, you know, everything is, is up and running and doing very well by the time I actually get there after it opens. So has your interest more peaked? Because I know initially you were saying... It's more peaked. It's more peaked. I don't know. So, like, I've never seen Absinthe or whatever, but everything I heard about it, I think it, like, played up the raunchy level of it, which I'm just not interested in, so... Yeah. I mean, the host is very raunchy, and there's, like, one real act, I think, that's, like... The Cirque aspects of it or whatever, like, sound fine, and I, I have no problem with that, so... Yeah, so hopefully that's more of what this is. And we'll see. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed Burlesque when I saw it, which you've never seen, right? I've not, and I get... I'm surprised by that. Get if comp you... tickets to it all the time. Right. It's good. I should go. You should go. I mean, le- legitimately, if you go next month, you should go, if you're in Borgata anyway, if they're doing it that night. Your wife enjoyed it? Yes, my wife enjoyed it a lot. So it is, it's PG enough, PG-13 enough. I mean, her. there's a lot of girls with tassels and stuff. I mean, if your wife wouldn't like that, she, she wouldn't enjoy it, but... No, I don't think she cares. Yeah, it was fine. Like, I, I don't know. Like, what are you worried about? Your wife not enjoying? Just raunchiness, I guess. Like, yeah, she it's... would not have enjoyed the comedy of that. Right, part and of that's that. like, I don't think I will enjoy the comedy if I had seen Absinthe or whatever, from what I've heard about it. So, and like, there is like some comedy, but it's like, yeah, like, it's pretty watered down or whatever at Burlesque, at least when I saw it. Like, there were some jokes, like sexual jokes or whatever, but they were like pretty tame. <laughs> So, future development. Lots of stuff is planned, not just for 2023, but beyond. Uh-huh. I'll actually start with the Atlantic Club, because we mentioned it last episode. We talked episode. about it last episode. You very briefly asked if anything would go there. We both thought no. Uh-huh. But one Rocco Sebastiani, principal <laughs> of Coliseo Atlantic City, Inc., actually based in New York City, mm-hmm. has said... That they have plans to turn it into luxury condos. Is that going to happen? No. <laughs> Why not? I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, like, is there a market for that in Atlantic City? Probably not, honestly, if I'm being serious. But it'd be good for someone to try. But I'm not going to believe anyone until something actually starts happening. I'd be like Charlie Brown if I was like, oh, this guy said this. It's probably going to happen. Never learning from my mistakes. The football being pulled away. Right. Specifically with this property, I mean, with lots of things in Atlantic City, but this property in particular, we've heard all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've heard they were going to split it up and sell it off into different whatever, not sublets, but like portions of the property. We've heard it's going to be a water park. We've heard all, all sorts of things. There are lots of red flags, such mm-hmm. as they apparently owe $680,000 <laughs> in back taxes. Right. I, I I saw in some article that I think it was actually on like the tax auction website right now, the Atlantic Club. Yes, so. yes it is like up there apparently for sale. Right. <laughs> but Sebastiani says that they're actually expecting $2 million in tax refunds, <laughs> that the city needs to just approve these plans, and that more specific information about the plans will be unveiled in January. Yeah, well, we'll see. So two episodes from now, we should know all about this. I mean, by by all accounts, you know, they tried to make Showboat also into condos, right? And I think that part of the project was a colossal failure. So yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. But that was only like a small part. Mm. Man, how great would it be to have a condo at Showboat? Just walk down into the (laughs) lucky snake. I'm frankly surprised you haven't bought one. It's true. I mean, they're probably more than I want to spend. (laughs) We're trying to move to the suburbs. Why not move to Atlantic City instead? A thousand dollars. It's worth it. <laughs> uh, so the other big development plan to talk about, I guess we should talk about it. 
Speaking of Bart, we just talked about Bart, the perfect segue. Speaking of plans that I'm not going to believe until I see something happen on. Well, this is even less concrete than what we heard about Atlantic Club. But yes, Bart Blatstein did, uh, this was probably close to a month ago, make a press conference and put out a $3 billion proposal for Baderfield, basically trying to build 10,000 units of rental homes aimed at mid-market and 400,000 square feet of retail and office space, along with 20 acres of open recreational space and, and trails. Just trying to make it a, a huge multi-use development, which, you know, multi-use developments are very popular everywhere. Yeah, and bring it to Atlantic City. But like I said, I think this press conference was just an idea he had that he doesn't have any funding for. And like, he obviously doesn't own Baderfield. And so my favorite part of this is that the tweets and the headlines about it were like, Blatstein unveils $3 billion right. development plan. And like, if you don't know how these things work, you would read that and say, whoa, like, oh, something's happening. This is cool. Right. That's not true at all. no claim to Baderfield. Like, this is just an idea. There's the other idea for the racetrack right. uh, stuff, like motorsports park. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's just no reason really to get too much into this. Yeah, it's going to be fake news until at least Baderfield changes hands. Is <laughs> what I was yes, yeah. The other development in the future is two roller coasters are planned for Steel Pier, opening in 2024 and 2025. Do you actually believe that these will happen? I have not looked into this at all, and I haven't heard anything independent about it, but it seems a lot more believable than the other two things we just talked about. Yeah, I mean, they announced this. There's renderings of the coasters. The company that makes the rides showed it off at some sort of amusement convention. This seems legit. It seems like this is real concrete plan. There is no reason they couldn't put roller coasters on the steel pier. I mean, certainly Wildwood has roller coasters on their pier, so. I mean, there is right now, like, you know, the crazy mouse, like a little (laughs) thing. Yeah, right. But this is going to be two, like, much bigger roller coasters. It will really totally change the look of the steel pier. Uh, I'll link to a YouTube video where they're unveiling them. The one funny thing to me is, I don't know if they're taller than the observation wheel, but they're close to the same height so it, it it is funny that it sort of dwarfs the steel the 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 low roller it makes it look very small because you're gonna have these big hulking steel structures there uh with roller coasters but it looks cool to me hopefully would be good this is an attraction and, and actually happens and and brings people in because there are a bunch of like coaster files including rennie who is the person who yeah. uh i think added us on twitter added us on twitter <laughs> to tell us about this so hat tip to him i'd love to uh Go on a roller coaster on the steel pier. The polar coaster? Yeah, or the polar coaster. That was like yeah, episode uh, three. Brighton Park or whatever, right? I think, I think so. It was. Mm-hmm. it was very early in the episodes. Indeed. Not too early for PG-rated sexual jokes, much like Burlesque at Borgata. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We're not above that. No. Even in episode three. Yeah, just data. November came out. Did I win our bet? Well, we have multiple bets that this is... Uh, did, did, did I win, you know, the $10 million bet, though? No, I won the $10 million bet. Uh, not officially. Um, yeah, not officially. But probably, yes. So we had a bet that was, uh, will a casino have a sub $10 million month in 2022? I said no, you said yes. Bally's came in last, in November, with $10.03 <laughs> million. <laughs> So they were very, very close. They were down 10.1% from uh, November of 2021. That's very bad. They were like the big <laughs> loser of, of this month. But very otherwise, bad. it was a good month. So certainly compared to yeah. October, which was very bad. 
$214.5 million in November, up 3.7% year over year. October was down over 7%. September was only up 1.3%. After the rest of the year, we were seeing, you know, 4%, up 7%, like much better numbers than, than that. So 3.7 is not amazing, but it's certainly better than it's been. Yeah. I think what the people really want to know is what this means for the bets that we've made. Yeah. So, I mean, I think traditionally December has been a bit stronger than November. So yeah. it's certainly looking bad for uh, my bet. Bally's month, clearly. I mean, we, we said it was awful in, you know, $10.03 million, but it was horrifically unlucky again, just like October was for them. <laughs> so I suspect that won't keep up. My only hope really is if Golden Nugget has a similar month to, to Bally's, I think they've, they still have a shot of going under, but. This was probably my chance, unfortunately. Yeah, December is typically better. It would be very surprising if, if people had right. a worse month than they did in uh, in November. You'll get your money back, though, right. because you bet on over, over. $2.75 like and 2.8 at least, I think, right? The total revenue for December would only need to be $181 million for that bet to go over. Right. And January was $184 million, and January is almost always the worst month of the year. Mm-hmm. So it would be absolutely shocking. I mean, it could be the worst month of the year, December, and still go over 2.75. Right. So that's almost surely a win for you. Right. The other hint that we got for our bets that we made in last episode is Borg, Hard Rock, Ocean, 1, 2, 3, as per usual. Yeah, no no doubt about it. This this month, the gaps are big. The only the only thing that wasn't that big is, is I guess, Ocean was 5 million ways away from Hard Rock, but that's still a pretty big gap. Yeah, it still feels big. I mean, Ocean was up 8.7% while Hard Rock was down 5%, so like mm-hmm. that's interesting, but that the, the gap is still 5 million tells yeah. you how far apart they are. The biggest winner in terms of gain year over year was Caesars, 16.6%. I know. They had a very, very lucky month. Yeah. I looked at all the numbers right before the episode, and they had it, they had an extremely lucky month. And it was still not enough to close the gap to Tropicana. Right. <laughs> almost, we're saying, almost. We're predicting maybe would uh, go ahead of Tropicana in 2023. Yeah. But anything else worth mentioning? Not too much. What I, what I need to root for is a very weak December to to make my overall 2023 bet more likely to come true, I think. Yeah. Because I, I also have the over on 2023 versus 2022, so. So you need it to be weak, but not so weak that you lose. I mean, that just seems Not impossible. historically weak. Yeah. Yeah. Just just regular weak. Also, we have a, a bet on f- on four and a half over under casinos beating their 2020. That's that's too complicated for me to think about. Yeah. I don't even know what I need to root for. I mean, yeah. five casinos were up year over year. I mean, this is still 2022. So I don't yeah. think that really means anything for that bet. Right. Already this year, four casinos are up. And, wow. Uh, it looks like resorts and Caesars. Uh, oh, Golden Nugget are going to be up too, probably. It's pretty good. It might be only the three Caesars properties that have a chance of being down year over year. <laughs> and even Caesars could be up. So so it feels like a decent month. I feel it's funny because I went into the betting last episode very pessimistic about 2023 because of the trends of September and October. And now we see this little pop back up. And so if December goes really well, like I think that looks really good going into next year. I don't know. Is Caesars going to make it? They need an $18 million December. They should get that. I don't know. I mean, their their luck was crazy good, and it was $19 million this month. So, I, they should get it, they should. but they'll be up like 1% or something. Uh, so last December, what did they get? Uh, $19 million. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be close. <laughs> there's going to be like 0.3% that are up. Yeah. Trop, Trop and Harris, I think they have no chance, but... 
Uh, Trop would need to get 23 million. That's not going to happen in December. They had 19 million last December, and Harris needs like a bajillion. So <laughs> 30 million, almost. They have 23 million last December, but yeah, it's still not going to happen. Yeah, Caesars will be the interesting one. I think they'll make it, but it's going to be under half a percent that they're up year over year, I think. And Resorts needs to get 10 million. They should get there. So if they don't make it, that means I win our other bets. Yeah. They they should get it. They they should have no problem getting it. And Borgata's going to be up like, you know, 20% year over year or something. They're already up $60 million from 2021. So. Insane. Just insane. They're going to be up $100 million. They could post a zero and they would be up 10% year over year. Yes. That's wild. Yes. They're going to be up $100 million year over year. That's At least. Crazy. At least. Crazy. Yep. Borgata. Killing it. Borgata. What but, I can say, no. You know why? Because they started giving me comps. That's, that was the difference. Give Craig comps, make tons of money. Because yeah. I bring so much money when I come to gamble. Oh, other other Borgata news. One last thing. Old Homestead reopened. I didn't realize that it had been closed yeah, for a I long time. No, it was closed. They remodeled it. And it's reopening. People love the Old Homestead, which is funny. It's considered, like, if not the best steakhouse in Atlantic City, one of the best. It's the oldest steakhouse in New York City. It is considered, like, every review of it is, like, oldest does not mean best. It's oh. very overpriced. Uh -huh. Don't go there. But it's just survived forever. And then Atlantic City, everybody loves it. What was the name of the restaurant in Atlantic Club that you're like was reasonably priced, and you're like, "There's one of these in New York City, and it's legitimately just crazy expensive." Oh man, was it an Italian place? It was an Italian place, I think. Yeah, now I can't remember. It was somebody's name. Yeah, we should go to the old homestead sometime. I mean, like we said, when we went to uh, the old Wolfgang Pucks, which I don't know the name anymore, uh, even though we just went there like you know two trips ago. It was fine. I'm sure old homestead would be better. It was called Patsy's Italian Restaurant. Hmm. I found something called theAtlanticCityCasinos.com uh, that looks extremely out of date, and it talks about the It's Atlantic not the website that I sent you from, like, 1998, though, that was, like, legitimately the greatest website I've ever seen about Atlantic City, though, right? Uh, I don't think so. No. This is from – this talks about 2012. Oh, yeah, no. The website I sent you certainly was not updated after, like, 2002, even though it was doing gangbusters. There's a note on this website that everybody should know about. The Atlantic Club Casino will close effective January 13th, 2014. <laughs> All right. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us or to our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for a win dot com. Uh, reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig questions to do for a win at gmail dot com, especially because we have a mailbag episode next episode. We've gotten a few mailbag questions. Oh, good. They're good. So keep them coming. Also, we sold a shirt. Yeah. I believe we are down to five shirts. Four of them are largest. I think one of them is either a 3X or a 4X. And that's all we got left. We also have a request to make new shirts. Just putting that out there. And you mentioned it to me, and I'm intrigued by the idea. I mean, you know, like you would have thought we'd have learned something after us just sitting on these shirts for literally like three years. But we've sold all of them. Nothing has been learned. It's a booming success. They're, the only thing to learn is we're amazing at selling shirts. We made 72 shirts and we sold 67 of them, including to ourselves. <laughs> Indeed. And other giveaways to family and friends. I won't hear it. We gave away 60 shirts. We sold seven shirts. We have five shirts left. Buy a large shirt. 
I'm just annoyed I can't remember the website that I was thinking of. The Atlantic City Bar and Grill, their old website is a subdomain of the website I'm thinking of. Uh, I will find it. Okay. Remember? We'll find it in the post show. I'll find it in the post show. We'll see you in 2023. This is finally the last episode. We will not do an episode next week, I promise you. We will see you in 2023. It's been a pleasure, as always, and we're looking forward to another wonderful year of Do For One. <laughs> I'm just really happy that we could get all of our listeners a holiday present. Indeed. Which is... This episode? <laughs> episode 191 of the podcast. Indeed. What more could anyone want? If this episode is 35 minutes and 25 seconds long, uh-huh. you will be able to make a playlist of all 191 episodes of Do For A Win, start it, and listen to it for seven days straight, 24 hours a day, and it would not end until a full week had elapsed. That's a... a- it's like truly horrifying b i don't think this episode is going to be 35 minutes long yeah it should be shorter than that but if i can make it exactly 35 minutes and 25 seconds you know i'm gonna do it yep i mean you are the one that does the editing you do have full control over that that would be a lot of work even if we actually record for 30 minutes you can still just like put white noise at the end for five minutes Like the the post show is like four and a half minutes after the the pump 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 pump. We'll just uh, it'll just be sandstorm for like four and a half minutes. I mean that would be worth. That's true. <laughs>